As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign here, Allison Luke in there. Hello. Allison, it's I'm Peppy. Yeah, Pepe. Pepe. Yeah. Well, it's uh, July fourteenth as we record this. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for stuff to happen, Allison, and they're backloading a bit here. This is going to be. I just keep wondering what it's going to look like on August first, and how many days there are going to be in the meantime when there's just everything happening because it's going to be pretty intense here. Um, the Blue Jackets, understandably. Um, have been quite a bit muted here in the last week and a half. The, the passing of Matisse Kivleniak's, um a week ago Sunday. And they've kind of kept a low profile, but the hockey work has continued. Uh, Allison uh, Matisse's memorial service is Thursday, 10 a.m. Fans are asked to watch it via stream. The service is for family, friends, and invited guests, um, per the family's wishes. So streaming, um, I I get the sense, tell me what you think. I feel like once the memorial service is had, the proper respects are paid, that people are going to feel a little bit better talking about hockey around here, including team personnel. Yeah, I mean, not not to be coarse about it, but this is part of why we as a society do these things is it, it closes a chapter yep. um, and it allows to move on. Otherwise, it's, it's always this, well, can we do it now? Can we do it now? Right. Can, can we do it now? So, um, you know, I, I think that it's okay for people to mourn, but also move on. Um, and I think that Thursday will, will likely be that, that event 
that allows a door to open, if you will, more formally. Because let's be real. I mean, there's still work being done. It has to be done because of what's happening this 100%. time of year. So, 100%. I mean, it's that doesn't mean that no one is sad or, or forgetting a, a player that was lost. But but stuff's happening. It has to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His family is in town. Uh, they've been for a couple of days. Uh, the sense is they'll be returning to Latvia on Friday and that there will be services held there. Um, the Blue Jackets uh, on the download did their amateur meetings last week. And this week, they'll, they, they've been focused in the early part on their expansion list. And let's start there, Allison, because that list is due Saturday at 5 p.m. And um, the, let, let's get to this part first, because this is kind of the only newsy part with it. There may be more news um saturday when they submit it i suspect there will be but goaltender wise many wondered in the the wake of of kivleniak's loss what do the blue jackets do what can they do? do will the nhl um go to seattle go to columbus and 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 give them some sort of an exemption given this horrible circumstance well it, it seems to be a bit of a moot point cam johnson is a restricted free agent Goalies are a little bit different than they're a lot bit different in the expansion draft of uh, skaters, uh, defensemen, and forwards. So all the Blue Jackets have to do is extend a qualifying offer to Cam Johnson, and then their goaltending situation is right back to to being perfect again. Corpusalo is protected. Elvis Merzlikens is exempt, so Seattle cannot take him, and Cam Johnson will be the goaltender exposed to. The Kraken. So look uh, in the coming days for the Blue Jackets to extend a qualifying offer to Cam Johnson. That's what that will mean. Where this gets really interesting, Allison, is at forward. And we've talked about this. The Blue Jackets have talked about this a ton. But it's getting to the point now where you got to make a decision. And I'm wondering what decision you would make. As it stands right now, I think most people expect the Blue Jackets to expose Eric Robinson and Kevin Stenland. They both mm-hmm. meet the requirements that allows the Blue Jackets to protect their uh, their regular cluster of players. Your thoughts on that? There's also been some suspicion that they really don't want to lose Eric Robinson. Right. And so maybe they would dangle, um, as they said, you know, say a player had, I don't know, knee surgery and he was going to miss the, the – First portion of next season rehabbing from knee surgery. Just say that that happened. And maybe mm-hmm. you would expose that player thinking Seattle's not going to take a player who's going to miss half the season with the shoulder injury. So, bit, 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 bit. shoulder injury, not knee injury. Um, that's a hint that maybe Max Domi is dangled out there. Maybe Gustav Nyquist, who should be back to health this year, this coming season, is out there. Do you take that gamble to protect Eric Robinson, Allison, and and expose either a Nyquist or a Domi, or do you just say, you know what, screw it. If you want Robinson, take him. Third line guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, this is why this time of year is annoying to me, because yeah. until we get the clear sign that the Blue Jackets are are going to strip this down and rebuild from the from the foundation – it's kind of a crapshoot because the answer is always it depends, right? So short answer, 
I honestly don't have any issue exposing any of those four forwards, quite frankly. No problem with that. Um, and, you know, I, I get that the debate narrows down to Stenland and Robinson, but as you just quantified with all due respect to the players, Columbus has a whole ton of bottom six forwards right now. That's right. And that's not what they need to be better. Um, and so, you know, it's it, what if you're Seattle, in my opinion, this is a place where position could come into sway because obviously Stenland's a center, whereas Robinson's a winger. But I, I, any of the four is fine. This team is f- most likely, even if this isn't a full-on rebuild, not going to be a hardcore contender next year. So th- these are not the kinds of decisions this organization was looking at when Vegas came on the scene. Um, and, and I think they all could be assets to Seattle, depending on what they want their roster to look like and what they think their window is. That's yeah. where the age will come into play. Right. Um, you know, and th- there's talk that GMs are having talks behind the scenes and Seattle is talking to some teams and not. So maybe Yarmo has an inkling of that. I don't know. But any of these four can be exposed. And and maybe I sound like an ass. Any of these four can go. And I think that the Blue Jackets course is not going to be severely altered. Yeah, that's fair. I, thought, I, I just look at it. We know who Eric Robinson is, don't we? We do. Don't we? And, and isn't there an argument Again, nothing against young Eric Robinson because there are some attributes to his game you love, but he's never going to be a 28 or 24, 48, 72 guy, is he? Ever? No. 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 So I I would, I would, I don't understand. I can't imagine exposing Max Domi and protecting Eric Robinson. That seems a little crazy to me. I mean, this is asset management at the end of the day. And to your point about them not being a contender next year, th- this decision really to me isn't even about next year. I'm not. Th- I'm not looking at this yep, as a agreed. lineup build for next year. This is asset management. Yeah. And uh, Domi's an RFA after next season. Uh, I don't know where it's going with him, but I'm damn sure he's better this coming season. I bet he has more points next season than he did this season, even though he's going to miss two or three months at the start. I think uh, he's going to totally. be. I think he's going to be better. Totally agree. Th- and you know, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I think there are things in Max Domi's game that will never be present in Eric Robinson's game, and I can't imagine making that decision because of. I think Seattle snaps him up in a heartbeat if he's available. Domi. The Domi. Yeah, I could see that, and you know, it's it's. It's funny, you know, I I do think, you know, Domi, and we saw this right there at the end, too. I was the person out there saying, this is a guy who can create and complete all these dangerous passes, and that finally started to happen at the end of last year. So so I I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think that the asset management angle is a really strong point. And, you know, again... With all full marks to Eric Robinson, he's he's built a very nice career for himself. You know, there's there's a segment of the Blue Jackets fan community that likes to shit on Josh Anderson because he didn't go to Montreal and score a bazillion points. Eric Robinson is is Josh Anderson. <laughs> like they have some speed, but there's not a ton of finish there. Um, there's some size, and you'd love to see Robinson maybe use that more. But I. Th- you know, this this is when the, the best way to get out of a rebuild, if that's what this organization is going to do, is have the very best talent evaluation possible. 
it has to be on point. Because yeah. if you're going to strip it down, you have to build it back right or you're stuck in unenviable situations. Some may point to a Buffalo or, you know, an Ottawa. And it, you have to, you have, it doesn't mean you don't appreciate Eric Robinson, but you have to realize what he is. Yeah. Now, if I thought Eric Robinson were anything like Josh Anderson, I would not expose him. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a, see, and I hate to say this, but he's a poor man's Josh Anderson, right? Like, I hate yeah, to be. I feel like we're killing I, I feel kid. bad. I, like I know. We're, we're I feel like a terrible person. I think he is a, God, I'll say, I think he's a really, I think he's a destitute person's Josh Anderson. Wow. Um, I just don't think there's, a, I don't think he has, I mean, I, I just, I called him a third liner earlier. He's never yeah. even really been that here. Really? Well, now, okay. Now you're, now we're being a little hard. Well, no, he's a fourth. <laughs> now he, I feel bad. No, no, he's been a fourth, he's been a fourth liner here. He I has. Know. I agree. And, I agree. And at 26, Listen, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much, I, I, I love the chances. He is who he is. He is who he is. I, and I, and that I believe to a point, but I also think there's a little something else that really intrigues the coaches here. That, and, that, and that's the only reason they're even thinking about this. Um, yeah, it sounds like we're killing the kid, but this is the conversation that's being had about who you protect and why. I mean, and but to your point, to your point, to go back to the talent talent evaluation angle, you got plenty of Eric Robinsons. If we believe that Max Domi is a better player, and I agree with you, I think that he is. You don't have as many Max Domi's. Yeah, yeah. And and I would argue as well, you don't have as many Gustav Nyquists. Correct. Um. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. yes. And if you don't have Eric Robinson's, you can find them. That you already have a, a ton in your organization. They're, yes. they're out there. Um, they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? You can, I'm sure conversations are being had with uh, Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken. Right. Um, where, where are you looking? Where are you looking? What are you thinking? Yeah. Yep. Um, and if it's clear to them that... You know, and then this is what happened last time. I don't know if you remember this, but I'd have to go back and look at the list that was made public. So Columbus made all those side deals with Vegas. We don't need to get into all of those. But once they had the deals, all of the side deals set, and they knew who Vegas was going to take, then the protected list becomes about public relations. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they protected players. They protected players and they exposed players that they knew that they, it was a moot point who was on their list and who wasn't at that point. But I think they protected Jack Johnson, the key piece. This was yep. a large part of the dressing room, so you're protecting this guy. And people are like, what the hell? Well, that the list that was submitted to the league was almost meaningless because they had already had a side deal with Vegas, and Vegas knew who they were taking, and Columbus was too. So now right. it's about the list that's going to become public. This has to align with how we look at our team and how people think we look at our team. Um, yes. So there's all that stuff that's going on too, where maybe, maybe Ron Francis has given the blue jacket some indication. Yes. We're, we're very interested in Kukin. We'll be taking Dean Kukin. And then the blue jacket say, okay, well, it's easier to explain to Eric Robinson why we exposed him than it is to Max Domi, who we need to right. resign as an RFA next year. So here's our tidy little list. Uh, as we want it to be seen, if that makes any sense. It does. And it, but again, this is, see, and this is where we just, 
I'm annoyed because yes, all of that is true. But like maybe Max Domi is part of a trade package that's coming down the way. We don't know. Of course. Of course. So, so, you know. And some guys get really worked up and hurt by this. Right. Right. And some guys don't care. Right. It's like contract talk. Some guys just, they endure a bludgeoning and they're like, hey, that's the business. And other guys are like, I am never playing for this organization again. It's all how... How you handle it? Um, I, I think there's there's bigger ways that the organization could tackle that question than their <laughs> protected list. Yes, right. Yeah, now. they seem to be confronting that. <laughs> a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I love annoyed Allison on the podcast. <laughs> annoyed Allison might be my favorite Allison. Oh, great! Perfect! Awesome! Let's see what really pisses you off. <laughs> Antonio, you know what pisses me off. Don't start. Bra- we, there, it's no point in talking about those things right now. It's no, not that time of year. No. God, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, <laughs> so, Allison, a bit, let's talk about this. This isn't even our trade to digest, but it's just so effing horrific. I feel the need to weigh in. What the hell's oh Ken Holland doing? I listen. What are you doing? I look oh. like that's where that's where like that's like one of those basic like negotiation one on one scenarios you hear in your negotiation class where like okay here's what you do you start with your extreme knowing that there's no way the other right. side's going to agree and the other side goes yep and you go oh great okay great sign here quickly thanks oh. goodbye because I mean I'm thinking I, I'm guess, you may have been too like boy for Chicago to unload Duncan Keith. They're going to have to pick up a lot of a lot of. He doesn't have that much salary; it's more cap space. But they're going to right. have to take a number back, yes. and they're going to have to sweeten it with a pick or a pretty good prospect or something to unload that aged, uh, def- legendary but aged defenseman. And then you, you go, wait a minute, they, Edmonton. Oh my God, Chicago's mm-hmm. not holding back any of the. And Edmonton threw a, also threw a player, a prominent, oh, an interesting player, Caleb Jones in. What are they doing? I know. I mean, and now I will say that those who have had more opportunity to watch Caleb play than, than I personally have, they're certainly not down on the player, but I think that myself personally, I perhaps, my perception of the player is a little higher than what I'm reading from our friends who watch the player much more closely. I'm not saying he's by any means bad, but yeah. just maybe there's a little bit lessening in my expectations. But, you know, it's there was there's a national hockey podcast, and they were talking about this in their episode this week, and they were implying that, you know, Edmonton heard back how tough Duncan Keith was to play against 
in the bubble. I'm like, dude. Right. I mean, I know that the pandemic erased time. I still don't know what month it is. But like, folks, what are we talking about here? Like, I just, mm, yeah. I, mm. Well, and, and obviously, Duncan Keith is a is a accomplished player. Oh, and is no a, question a, a incredibly smart, talented player. He's also thirty, going to be thirty eight years old. Right. And so, if he gets four months off and then plays, they played great in the bubble and they kicked Edmonton's ass, if you remember. Right. That's great. And look what happened in the next series when he really wasn't yes. good at all. Yes. Right. He's 37 years old. There's a lot of tread off those tires. This is a human being. And, yes. And, but the flip side is Caleb Jones just turned 24. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to believe that the trajectory is going sharply up here. For this kid, and there's literally no way it's doing anything but going down for Duncan Keith. Yes. And this this trade shocked me. But anyways, as it relates to the Blue Jackets. Yes, now I'm annoyed again. Yes, of course, Allison. This means, I would guess at this point, Seth Jones is probably going through Fort Wayne right now, right? Already on his way to Chicago. Um, <sighs> this is what this See, means. I hate this. Yeah. I hate this. Like, maybe... But, like, just because they're brought, like, I know two sisters who go to the same gym and they're friends with each other. They live together, but they don't want to work out together. They don't go to the, they intentionally, like, I get it. It's a cute little narrative. Maybe it's true. Yeah. But as far as I know, we've seen nowhere on record that Seth Jones' dream is to play on the same team as his brother in the NHL someday. Correct. Maybe it is. But, like, like, the way some people are reacting it's not like this just like paved the freaking freeway right. to the Blackhawks for Seth Jones. And if you're the Blue Jackets, I love it if Caleb Jones wants to play with Seth Jones and vice versa. Sure, sure. Because now you've done half the deed, Mr. Bowman. Keep coming. You're not going to leave it there, are you? You're going to leave it there? I know. It's so dumb, though. I think Chicago has been a team on the list of obvious possible donation, uh, destinations for, for Jones. Yes, if, agree. Regardless of the Caleb move, in my opinion, correct. That's why I'm annoyed by this Caleb narrative. Correct. This would make it a neat little story. And in fact, Allison, there are two Blue Jackets who could end up partnered with their brothers this summer. It's true. That is yes. true. Does that annoy? Does Nick Felino going to Minnesota set off the same sort of annoyance? No, because I mean, honestly, he's at a different point in his career. In my opinion, see, and. and I haven't spoken with Nick Felino, but I could also see Nick just the way that last year ended and, you know, with an injury and with, with him being so excited to play in Toronto. If that situation at all shakes out, I could see him being pulled to maybe go back to Toronto. Hmm. Um, but that's a totally different scenario. That's a, I'm at the tail end here. Wouldn't it be cool to finish out my career with what is a good team, but also my brother? I think Seth Jones's decision-making point is, is a little different in terms of where he is and what he's looking for. That's just my two cents. Having yeah. talked to absolutely no one except myself. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the Felinos have stated how much they'd love to play with each other at some point. Well, yeah. And again, it's different though, right? Like, Yeah. 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 And one's the UFA. Yes. Right. I mean. Yes. So, and I don't think there's any chance Felino ends up back in Toronto just because of their money situation. But never say never. You never know. No, but we. Um, but yeah, Mitty's got some room now, Allison. After that, they don't. Woo. But let's. I, like, woo, hoo, 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 hoo. 
Yowza. Yes. I, I remember. That is some buyout hit right oh, there. Oh, my God. I mean, the, this year's going to be fine. The next two years are Next gonna, two. Oh. What my. is it? 14 million? It's insane. <laughs> it, is. it is. In a flat cap world? Come it on. is. And now you can't trade it to Phoenix? I know. I mean, that's it's what crazy. you do. You trade that to Phoenix. Come on, Minnesota. You trade it to the Arizona Coyotes. That's what you do with those contracts. Or you get Columbus yep. to take it. I think Columbus, I, I would not be surprised to see Columbus be a, a uh, salary taker in these next couple I, weeks. I think. Oh, for sure. I think this is the, the time sure. that they often talk about. This is the most realistic it is. Yep. Because um, they're going to have room and they could really weaponize that space. Yes. Um, so here's here's a couple of things that I've sort of heard in the Seth Jones uh, chatter out there across the league. Okay. Um, I, like many, have assumed that the Blue Jackets would be very interested in finding out which teams Seth Jones would be willing to sign with long-term yes. and forego his um, – UFA status next summer. Correct. So when Seth Jones said, I'm not going to sign with you, I want to pursue free agency instead. Is that just a nice, is that just a nice way of him saying, I wish to be elsewhere or I want to, you know, is that the, I want to see other people kind of thing, or does he have someone in mind? Um, And it would behoove the blue jackets to know the places where he wants to, where he would consider signing long-term because the assumption is that they would get a, a much better return from a team that knows they can keep them long-term. Makes perfect sense. I was told this week, though, that, that there are teams in the market for Jones that aren't, and this would be nice to live this way, but they're not even thinking about 2022-23. Mm-hmm. That if they're, if, and this makes me, this leads me to believe that it's Colorado and there may be others. But they see a Seth Jones acquisition as reasonable, his salary hit, 5.4. They can fit that. They see it as a trade deadline acquisition, but much earlier. In other words, they're not so worried about keeping him. They want him next year because that's when the golden window is open for them. Mm -hmm. And those teams in that sort of go-for-it mindset, may be willing to pay a price that is closer to the teams who know they can extend him than many of us realize. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, my first thought is, uh, back to the original question of, is Seth Jones really just testing the market? I mean, I, I always think back to those players that we see sign in free agency who are UFAs and say, I'm going to go to the place I think is most likely where I can win a cup. And they rarely win the cup. Right? right? right. So. So the betting on that for Jones, if he's going to sign next year, like the betting is quite risky, honestly. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, no one thought the Blue Jackets would be where they're going to be next year, two 100%. years ago. Yep. So I don't mind him saying, I don't, I, I know places I think I like, but if I'm the focused on winning or even quite frankly, the state of the organization, it, it could be completely different in two years. So now the Blue Jackets, as you say, 
want to know. But, you know, and I think you pointed this out in one of your most recent articles, you know, if a, if a team is willing to play, pay top dollar for a David Savard or a Nick Foligno at the deadline, yeah. if they're that bullish now, you can still get a massive return. That's right. And, and why not? If, if you, that's where you think your organization is going to be, then go for it. Yeah. And one other thing that, that bears mention here, uh, and I don't think we, we've addressed this in the podcast. We had it in the Sunday notes a couple weeks ago. Um, but the... The Matt, so let's go back to the Matt Duchesne trade with Columbus, just yes. as an example of this. They traded a first-round draft pick to Ottawa, along yes. with a conditional first-round draft pick. Yes. Whereby, if they signed Duchesne to a con to an extension, Ottawa kept the first-round draft pick, got mm-hmm. kept the next year's first-round pick as well. Columbus did not sign Duchesne, as you all know, didn't even attempt to actually, and so they kept their first-round draft pick. Last season, um, who became Mr. Shinakov. Uh, those trades are no longer legal. So you can't trade a player and attach to it a condition um, if the team signs him to an extension. This right. was worked in the latest uh, um, amendment to the CBA. I found that surprising. I've yet to hear a, a, an explanation as to why that's so important or why that's not legal anymore, but it's not. So the importance of Columbus knowing where Jones wants to be long-term, if there is such a place, um, would seem to, to be um, uh, made larger by that. It's much more important to know that. Um, yes. But, you know, and, and this may be, from people who are trying to tamp down the market. But again, there are, there are those that suggest that there are also teams out there that, that really, really want him. And it's not, it has nothing to do with the ability to sign him to an extension. It's they think they've got one crack at this and that's where they're going. Yeah. And you know, again, it's, there's so many variables right now too, in that if you're already a a rich team talent wise and, and in terms of quote unquote contender status, you're arguably more in a better driving position this year because of the flat cap. Teams can't move as much depending on how they're built right now right? Um, in terms of bringing in new assets. So much like, you know, we talked about the Canadian division this past year, teams there, Toronto, Montreal, really trying to drive up what they could do as much as possible because this was the best path possible to the cup for them with the new divisions. Right. It could be similar for a team that has a really small margin talent-wise. This is your best chance to do it because not other teams that might be as close but may not have the assets to bring in the talent they need don't have as much flexibility in terms of money and potentially trade resources. Yeah. And I haven't, I, I haven't done the math on this. You, you may have. There are so many teams over the cap and so many guys that are expecting to get paid this summer. I, I feel like this year, more than any other, there's going to be, say, the end of August, early September, there's going to be like a freaking all-star team of unsigned players out there. Yeah. Like really yeah, good. it's going to be interesting. Really yeah. good unsigned players with no money to go to them. Right. Like, right. I mean, because teams are really hard up against it. And it's not, it is because of covid but it's it's the cap. It's not their unwillingness to, to spend money. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You exactly. Yeah. 
Um, Allison, what excites you, or um, let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. What annoys you least about the next <laughs> the next two and a half weeks? What What are you? Is it the first round? Is it the draft? The first round of the draft? Because I freaking love drafts. You love it. I, I know. love drafts. I listen. I I don't mind the draft. The thing is, can we speed it along? Like just because you have those minutes, unless you're actually doing something, right? Let's just please make the pick and get on with it. Um. I mean, I I like the results of the draft, but what's hard about the draft is this, right? Like, here's all these new players, and you and I have been at drafts, and and it's as much as you want to get to know about these new players, it's really hard to do so. Yeah. In the and so it's it's kind of like delayed gratification, you know. And yeah. there's there's all this hullabaloo, and then you're like, well, I don't really get to know this kid, and the kid might not even be there if you were in person for the draft, right? Um. The development camp is a little more. Do we even? Is there a development camp this year? What's even happening? Well, so what I heard is that that there's not going to be one this summer. Like this, there's not going to be one right after the draft. Okay. But they're going. The, the NHL is going to give clearance to teams. And this is a while ago. I heard this. I'm not sure if it's still there, but that there's going to be a development camp of sorts in advance of Traverse City. Mm, so, right. like before they go to Traverse City, which I think is the 17th of September. Right, yes. They would have like that week where they would have kids there. And if you remember, it 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 used when they first started doing it in the early 2000s, it was like freaking the first week of training camp for uh for the kids. Like they skated them into the freaking ground. Yep. Yeah. And now recently it's it's been more like a morning session and then we're going to do a cooking class. That's right. Like it's not that intense um anymore. So I think this is going to be this is what the rink looks like. This is where you'll play one day. Um, Here's the zoo. Go hit balls yes. at the Clipper Stadium. Yes. Huntington yeah, Park, exactly. I should say. Yes. Here's yes. here's where you're going to play one day, like really freaking soon. First round kids, you get the point here. Um, yep. And on and on and on. So, and then they go to Traverse City. So it would be that week of, of September. Um, yeah. But yeah, the development camp. Um, real quick, Blue Jackets uh, will pick 5th, 24th, and 31st in the first round. Yes. Um, there are only 31 picks in the first round because Arizona forfeited theirs for cheating. Uh, the Blue Jackets also have picks in the 3rd, 4th, 2 in the 5th, and 1 each in the 6th and the 7th. A far cry from a couple years ago where I don't think they picked Allison to like 103. Oh, remember that? That was Oof. unreal. Unbelievable. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's all it's all coming down the the pipe here. We'll we'll pause on Thursday uh, for a solemn day of of um, reflection and, and remember Matisse Kivleniak, and then I suspect by this weekend uh, the Blue Jackets uh, will be back and cranking into action again as the the, the NHL summer is going to be uh, tight packed and intense. Anything else yes. to add, Allison? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, I, w- I had put this out there on Twitter, and I'm sure we'll all be talking about this more as we've talked about after um, this chapter of, of time and life in the Blue Jackets world moves on. But um, the Blue Jackets hired two analytics consultants, um, Cam Lawrence and Josh Weisbach. Um, for people who don't know them, they came from the Florida Panthers organization, and they are probably two of the smartest um, people in the analytics space. They've been around since the beginning honing their craft um, in what was a very talented inaugural class of Canucks 
um, analytic-driven analysts and writers. Um, and their uh, focus historically has been prospect evaluation. So again, if we're looking for signposts in terms of what's about to come, um, this is one that I consider, but I also think it's a, it's a tip of the cap to the organization for bringing in two really smart minds um, to assist with, with that, this area of hockey operations. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff. And I love Brad Larson's comments a couple weeks ago that it's really hard to build a format right now of what you want or how you want to play because who knows what's coming. Who knows what this team's going to look like in a few weeks, and then they can start to build out their who we are type stuff. You're trying to get me annoyed again. Oh, am I? It sounds yeah. like I'm doing a pretty good job. Yeah. yeah. Not you. That there, there. Yes, we can talk about that another time. Yeah, yes, another time. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, here comes the summer, folks. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week.